Originating from a secret underground bunker buried deep in the heart of Chicago's north side, two fans dare to defy the laws of man to bring you a podcast about the south side hitmen, the good guys who wear black. There's a sense of pride. Um, there's a sense of, of purpose. Azagir, by far. He was my favorite player. Well, all time, it's Paul Canerco. I love the hot dogs. I love the grilled onions. And I can't believe it's been 13 years. 13 painful, painful years. <laughs> because good guys wear black. Good guys talk back. Hey there. Welcome to Good Guys Talk Back, episode 18. I'm Jeff Julian, and the reason you're hearing my voice first is because my esteemed colleague Nick Morowski is on vacation this week. It's Tuesday, April 16th. This is episode 18. Before Nick left on vacation, we recorded an episode for you, which you'll hear in a couple of minutes. But before we get to that, I just wanted to update you on where the White Sox are at at this point in the season. The last time we talked, they were three and eight and things weren't looking that good. But since then, they've gone on a three and one, a little bit of a stretch here, and they're now six and nine. They're in fourth place in the American League Central and they're getting ready to face the Royals tonight. And hopefully they can make some hay and move on. But the offense has been good lately. They took two of three from the Yankees, including Eloy Jimenez's first two home runs of his career, which is awesome because that helps me with my season bets against Nick. So yeah, the Sox took two of three from the Yankees. They've taken the first from the Royals. And here you go. It's right in front of you. To pick up two more wins against the Royals, you can get back to uh, back or at least close to 500 and then get ready for a series against the Detroit Tigers and maybe really start to make a move in in this division and at least keep yourself there. Th- this division is here for the taking. You've got the Twins sitting on top right now at 8 and 5 and then you've got the Indians at 9 and 7, the Tigers at 8 and 7. Remember, we talked about this last week. Just stay close. You got to you can't dig yourself too big of a hole right out of the gate and the Sox with this last little four game run, they've clawed their way a little bit closer to 500. That's all you can ask for. And frankly, the offense is playing really well. Now, how long uh, can the Tim Anderson experience last batting 453? I mean, this is unbelievable. Hopefully it lasts a really long time, but uh, even if it does it, I mean, the, the bats, have been great. Eloy is playing well. Yoan Mankata, look at this. Look at this stat line so far: twenty hits, three home runs. He's batting three twenty-three, fourteen RBIs, one stolen base. He's got an OPS of nine twenty-eight. I mean, he's he just looks like a different player. He's he's dialed in, and and that is fantastic. And then you look at. Eloy's numbers and also doing really well so far uh, in in his in in you know this 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 season you've got 15 hits and 
those, those first two home runs against the Yankees, which were no doubters, six RBIs. He's walked four times. He's doing okay in strikeouts, and that batting average and the OPS are both numbers are starting to come up. He's hitting 268 and an OPS of, of, of 721. So, Pretty exciting stuff from an offensive standpoint. And then pitching, I mean, Rodon has been okay, but not really what we had thought and and certainly not what we're looking for in a number one. And then Lopez, whew, that is not going well. 12-15 ERA, 0-2. Ah, ugh, it's it's ugly. So we hope for more from Lopez. Expect him to turn around, but uh, this is not good. Uh, this is not the way you you want to get things going. But overall, I would say from the last time we talked to you in episode seventeen to episode eighteen here, we're we're a little bit more optimistic. We're we're seeing some some progress. And and what's really funny is 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 how different perspective can be when you think about on the other side of town, the Cubs have the exact same record as the White Sox and they're in the exact same place in the division at 6 and 9 and it, it it's it, you can just see these teams are in two different places within sort of that cycle of of whether they're rebuilding or contending and the sky is falling for a, a six and nine uh, Cubs team, or at least it feels that way early in the season. And the Sox are starting to come around at, at, at six and nine. So a uh, funny perspective at times. So Nick and I did record a podcast before he left on vacation. And we talked about what are some things I think you're really going to enjoy. We sprayed to all fields. We talked about Ricky Renneria's goatee. We talked about Ed Farmer's possible obsession with murder that's come out in this rambling sort of style he's 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 been really leaning on early in the broadcast season. We talked about whether you should talk about a no-hitter or not on the broadcast or even in a text to a certain co-host who might be superstitious about no-hitters. And Nick gave his review of the Goose Island area in guaranteed rate. So here we go. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. We're everywhere. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for rating. Keep it up. Good guys talk back. Take a listen. Nick and I are coming up next. Really uh, enjoy the the tavern talk, Jeff. That we that we kind of have coined the discussions. You know, you will have uh, at a bar or um, you know just at a game or standing in line. You know, before the gates open. Um, and the socks this season. Well, the socks in general. There's always different. You know, like little ins and outs that you can discuss fandom wise, uh, where to watch a game, what the protocol inside, uh, the stadium is, um, what happens, uh, during a broadcast, during a radio broadcast TV. And, and of course the personalities, um, and you, you, I would say you've probably watched more White Sox baseball or listened to more White Sox baseball this season than you've had in a, probably in a long time. Yeah. I, I would say that, I listen to uh, most of my baseball consumption is 
through the radio yeah. just because of my commute and uh-huh. and I don't spend a lot of time. I, I just don't spend a lot of time maybe until the playoffs or, or till things get going watching baseball on, on TV. Mm-hmm. So I'm much more of a radio listener. So I say I kind of toggle back and forth. But yeah, since we started doing the podcast, I've definitely watched more or mm-hmm. listened li- listened to more baseball, uh, specifically uh, around the White Sox, yeah. for sure. Now you... Um you started paying attention to uh, Rick Renteria's uh, his goatee recently. Yeah, I got and, a real problem with this. And uh, he he has not sported a goatee in previous seasons. Um, he brought this goatee in uh, into the season. He had it in the off season. He I believe he had it at Sox Fest. And you uh, you're not a fan of of the Renteria, the kind of the white, the all white goatee. I'm just used is to that. Is it the color is it, or is it how he wears it? I'm just used to the clean-shaven uh-huh. Ricky Renteria as, yeah. a, as a manager. Now, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm looking at different images of him right now as, as we speak, and I really right. had to find mm. one of him as a manager with this goatee. He's so synonymous with that clean-shaven yeah, look. Yeah. But then I found... Um, and, and this is something that we can purchase if, 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 if we want to, it's an autographed eight by 10 photo of Rick Renteria from his Florida Marlins days. Oh, and he yeah. is sporting a Tom Selleck, uh, Tom Selleck mustache. I okay. mean, I, I like that mustache and that's where I was going to go with. I, I like him. I think he, he would, he would rock the mustache. I think, the Jim Leland, yeah. uh, you know, managerial mustache, the Bruce Bochy mustache. I, I don't like the goatee either Yeah, on him. It just doesn't, I'm fine with the facial hair, but he's not pulling the, I don't like the goatee. The goatee is not working. I agree. A, a really like bushy white, like Sam Elliott tombstone oh, mustache yeah. would really, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it, and I hope he would never explain why he's doing it. Uh, someone did ask him at Saxfest. I'm, I'm, I'm not making this up. What's with the goatee? And he said, "I'm not, I'm not going to shave it until we win a World Series." So I. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't know if he was joking around, but boy, that thing's going to get, you know. Yeah. Does that mean he's not going to trim it or he's just not going to yeah. get rid of the, 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 the goatee style? Because if he doesn't shave it or trim it until they win a World Series, he's going to look like Gandalf. Yeah. It's, he's going to have, he's, he's going to have one of those. It's going to be a problem. Jim the Anvil Nightheart um, <laughs> kind of things going on. Now, but I, he was real consistent with the mustache. I like during that. During his, his play, playing during days. During his playing uh, days. Yeah. I, I like the. Uh, I like the facial hair on a manager and you know, look at, look at the Chicago coaches and managers in in the history of, you know, this town and uh, synonymous with championships. Yeah. Okay. You got Ditka, of course. Yes. You got Phil Jackson who did all different kinds of crazy things. Facial hair wise. Um, You know, Quinville um, of course, Guillen had, had a goatee, uh, in 05 for the uh, for the championship and Madden's got kind of like a, he's got some scruff he's got like a he's got like a goatee that fades into a beard I but even with even with Guillen's goatee he always had that five o'clock shadow yeah. that was sure sort of it yes the 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 goatee was prominent but there was there was a, always an underlying beard mm-hmm. that was yeah. <laughs> that that I mean Maybe from like the first inning to the ninth inning, you know, he right. he was he, 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 yeah. it just, he just had a prominent not, beard. You're just not. 
It's just not hitting you here, huh? No, I, I, I don't like it. I would say go back to the mustache. Yeah. And uh, that's just, that's how it is. You brought up Leland. Yeah. I love Jim Leland. Yeah. I miss Jim Leland. And I yeah. think about Leland in the same way I think about, you know, somebody like Hawk or, or, or Bob Euchre, where it's just this personality mm-hmm. of baseball. Like Jim Leland would, was smoking in the, in the dugout until like maybe the last yeah. three or four years when, when MLB yeah. outlawed. That. I think he used to still wear metal spikes as a manager. And someone told me, or I read it in Sports Illustrated years ago, that he would rip the filter off his cigarettes. <laughs> and uh, he's like, I, I got zero time for this. Um, There's just some great, great images of him just yeah. smoking in the duck. Yeah. <laughs> during, he, during games. I, I can't think of another, maybe Sparky Anderson, but that are, that's coming to my mind is when you think baseball manager, it's like, that's what a baseball yes. manager, yeah. you know, looks like for sure. And Jim Leland, uh, you know, and he was with the White Sox years ago, back in the back in the eight, early '80s, with Tony Larusa on that staff. Um, Look at that! Uh, we're we're just yeah. we're just looking at old oh, pictures. Yeah. Leland <laughs> with the Pirates with that stovetop. Uh, yeah, yeah, that hat. Uh, yeah, I mean, do yourself a favor and uh, do some Google imaging on uh, on on Jim Leland. You will be happy. Yeah, he. Um, and I think Renteria kind of falls into that category. He just kind of looks like a manager. You know, baseball managers uh, of the past, like those Earl Weaver, they're 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 short, they're a little stocky. Yes, yes. And and I think if Renteria can just get on the get on that Quinville that must that mustache situation. Quinville had a great mustache. Oh, he still does. They're gonna love it in Florida. Oh, I know. I, yeah, I saw that. They're yeah, gonna love it. That's gonna be an interesting turn of events for that, for that team. Good for them. Is that where Talon went yeah. to? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And he doesn't want any, he would love, he would love oh, yeah. to win a cup with Quinville yeah. at the Hawks expense. Oh, would he ever, that oh. could be one of like those all time teams motivated solely by revenge <laughs> and hate where they just will he, themselves to oh, a championship. He has so much hate running through his bones. For the Hawks, uh, he he wanted some big things, I think, with the Hawks, and and that didn't work out. And, and he's like, you know what, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna win a cup with Quinville. That's right. And you're gonna watch me do it now. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I I thought that was interesting that you uh, you know of all the things that have been happening with the Sox, you're like, yeah, it's not going really well for the Sox, but that goatee really, especially, <laughs> is uh, is not is not working for Ricky. Well, I'm just concerned that you know you get into that sort of superstition and that the the things that players will do mm-hmm. or managers mm-hmm. will do, where well this worked and yeah. and I, and I'm not going to change it. I'm always mm-hmm. going to step over this line or I'm mm-hmm. or I'll wear this shirt until we lose. Listen, if 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 the Sox continue their their losing ways, yeah. We got to change it up. Yeah, yeah. Go back I, to the mustache. Yeah, I think so too. Um, so on the on the uh, on the radio front, this is you've been you've been you said you get a lot of of your white sacks through the radio. That is exactly and, uh, right. Boy, I haven't listened to a lot of uh, Ed Farmer and DJ this season, but boy, have I consumed a lot of Ed Farmer and DJ um, over the years. And Farmer is losing some losing some steps. Let's all be honest. He just doesn't sound uh, like himself, um, and uh, you have said that he is—he's getting into some interesting habits uh, on his broadcast. I don't know if it's me 
or or him or just the, the uh, and I haven't heard this yet so we'll, we'll have to try to find it but so I I described to you during spring training when he talked about the Donner family yeah, or the or the Donner party and then yeah. some and this was all in the in the span of like 2 minutes he talked about the Donner party <laughs> and then he talked about some some backup second baseman for the Cubs that crashed his plane into the Salt Lake and, yeah. and died wow and so so you know, just strange stuff, right? Yeah. So then the other day, I'm driving somewhere. I think actually we, we were heading up north, and I, I got the game on, mm-hmm. and and I, I was kind of toggling back and forth between music and and the game. And I come back to the game, and and again, I don't want to cast aspersions on this particular story because I don't know the circumstances. But he was talking <laughs> about a murder, <laughs> and I don't know if it was somebody he knew that had mm-hmm. been murdered sure. or something mm-hmm. about a murder but he was telling it while he was also still doing play by play so it was like two balls and two balls and one strike and and this happened and and then the inning ended and he hadn't finished the story about the murder and so they just went to break and and i just i don't understand how that is why is that part? Listen uh, again. Your friend gets murdered, or somebody you know gets murdered, or somebody high profile is murdered. That's a terrible thing. But I don't know that in the middle of a baseball sure. call yeah. is is when you mm-hmm. go to the murder story. Yeah, you uh, you need to pick your spots for that. Uh, <laughs> I I you know what? Maybe it's the producer, and the producer's like Ed. You need to appeal to a younger crowd everybody's all in a lather with these like making a murderer shows and serial podcasts. (laughs) You might want to think about trying to weave in some sort of, uh, you know, murders that you might know about. (laughs) We weave them in. And I just don't think he's figured out how to properly weave them in either that or, or they know when I'm listening and now they're just (laughs) specifically dropping in these references. But this is the third this is the third one that I've heard of, like yeah. a weird death well, reference. It's a pattern now. Yeah. And, and what's DJ's response? Well, <laughs> Does he just kind of sit again, back and let that? That's how those guys are. Yeah, there, that's it's, true. It's two broadcasts being filtered through <laughs> through through one game. They so actually, they are. You know, they I, are. They're calling their own game, and they're not I, listening to each right. other. And it's being filtered through uh, 720. I'm not convinced either of them hear the other one. So uh, I'm just. I, I will continue to try and and report but i just i want to go on record as saying that if you're talking about murder during the baseball game your team's not doing very well okay uh, that's an excellent <laughs> twitter handle just ed farmer's murder y- yarns it's too just and again i i only caught the tail end of it which is to me part of the problem mm-hmm. you don't know listener yeah. is constantly yeah. changing so mm-hmm. you don't know when I come in. And so maybe, it, maybe, and, and I'll feel bad if I find this out, that it was somebody he knew that was murdered. But again, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm the listener. I'm, mm-hmm. I just, I just jumped yeah. in and all I hear is yeah. you, you talking about right. an, a, a, 
a nondescript murder, and yeah. then you throw it a commercial because the inning ended. <laughs> it's just well, and you know what? There's no sense of even talking about it anymore. They're never going to find the guy, and that's that. I mean, uh, it's one thing if you got a guest in the booth and they're who's maybe they're, more experienced with well, murders. No, no, but they're they're promoting their latest venture or their movie, mm-hmm. and they're talking, and then the inning ends, and you don't finish that story about you know Vince Vaughn's whatever, but. If you're, yeah. you can't just yeah. leave a murder story hanging. Something, he might be just really late to the devil in the White City game, and he's like, <laughs> that really appealed to me. I've got some things that have happened in my life. I'm going to start weaving it in. Uh, when you told me about that, and I, I've got to start listening more. I'm, I'm, I'm catching more of the TV, uh, but I will listen to my fair share of uh, the uh, the radio broadcast. I will be keeping a a close year on the ongoing murder sagas in Ed Farmer's life. So I wanted to ask you about this and I, I meant to do it a couple of podcasts ago, yeah. but when Giolito had, the, it, it was Giolito, right? That had the mm-hmm. no, no going. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so I texted you about it yeah. and you didn't respond right. to me about the text. Right. Is that because you're a, you're a don't talk about the no. Yeah. Hitter? I was a little, <laughs> so you I, can't even text I about, can't the even no text about it. I was a little, <laughs> I uh, yeah, I got a little squeamish about that. But they were I, talking about it on the broadcast, and I don't think Stone. it's right. I mean, <laughs> they were almost celebrating, you know. And I know some pitchers. They were flaunting it a they little were a bit, little too a little much. Bit. Like they were, they were. I, I get the all in or the lean in mentality, but they were uh, leaning in a little too much on that. I wondered. I I kind of thought because I know you well enough, and I know what a purist and traditionalist you are that. I figured there were two people who were really concerned that Stone and Bonetti were talking about the no hitter, and it was you and Hawk Harrelson. Oh, somewhere. absolutely, yeah, yeah. Well, Hawk would have been mute for. I mean, uh, you know, no one would have known. Well, actually, no one would have known. Was it a no hitter or what's going on? Here? Uh, but yeah, I was. Look, there's some things that are that are a little sacred, and I know. Did you think I broke up the no hitter by by texting? I would never no, lay that no at hitter. your feet. I would never lay that at your feet. Uh, you need to come to your own conclusion. I can't, I can't place that that blame on you. That would be. I gotta unfair. go back and look <laughs> look through my text thread here and see <laughs> see see what I said exactly. But no, but they were really they were really having a day with that, and they were making note of how you know the players were giving them the silent treatment in the dugout, and I thought they were just being a little too loose with that. Uh, they were really. They they were celebrating Jim Leland the fact would, that they would should... not be happy with that. <laughs> Jim Leland would have smoked a lot of cigarettes. Yeah, uh, he would have been very, very, very that. angry. I I just think that, you know, and I and I know that Burley back, you know, during his no hitter and perfect game used to joke around in the in the dugout with players yeah. like you and know, they, pay attention to me, pay attention to me. Can you believe that. it? Yeah. I, I'm I'm throwing a no hitter and, and he would laugh. But if you go back to some of that video, that, those players didn't want anything to do with it because they're like, it's I'm such not a the superstitious one. I'm game. not the one that's yeah. going to engage with you right. and it's going to be laid at my feet here. But I, I have heard announcers say before, and I'm, I'm, I'm more in, in this camp than I am the, maybe the more superstitious part of the camp that are you not doing a disservice to to the viewer or the listener again with this idea that especially with a, I think more so with a radio broadcast than a than a TV broadcast where you know I might jump in the car and it's the fifth inning and or sixth inning mm-hmm. and and maybe I'm not I'm not able to pick up that 
it's a no hitter. Sure. Then, okay. You know, yeah. then, yeah. and I don't have, I don't have the box in front of me. I, I don't have the aid of, mm-hmm. of visual the, the graphics visual. on yeah. the, on the TV screen where I don't think you have to go crazy and point it out. Like stone and Benetti were really kind of they like tongue in cheek, yeah, wink, wink, like much. really kind of yeah. putting it to people who, who, who would yeah. have been more superstitious. But I, I do think you, you gotta be, there's gotta be a way to acknowledge. You have to acknowledge it. That's your job. You're you're not on the field. It's it's one thing if players don't want to talk about it, or or you got to stay away from the pitcher who's doing it. But I think you're doing a disservice to the viewer to not acknowledge that something like that is happening to bring them in to the game. I think it has to be done. It has to be done carefully. Um, you definitely can discuss the quality of game that the pitcher is having in question. Um, and you know if you're listening. On uh, on the radio, you're most li- you're most likely going to listen to an inning break where that broadcaster will say, you know, I'm a, you know nothing across the board. Or why uh, can't you say there's been no hits yet in the game? I don't like. I mean, <laughs> it, to me, it's just a little. See, you do blame me, don't you? <laughs> no, no, I would just never say that truth. to you. I would no, no. I blame uh, I blame Stone and Benetti. Stone and Benetti uh, they, were, uh, were on it way before I were, was because I only knew because th- you mentioned that they were and I listen. You, <laughs> I only knew that they had a no hitter going because Stone and Benetti. Said yeah, it. it was a little too much in my in my opinion. It was. Uh, <laughs> I, I really thought I that if, if Giolito so never, never gets to that point ever in his career, um, I it's going it. to, it's going to be kind of, you know, there's going to be blood on the hands. <laughs> I um, knew it. I knew it. Speaking of stone and Benetti though, um, you know, and I don't know how much of, you know, you've caught, you've caught more of the Ed Farmer, you know, murder family mystery. Um, yeah. <laughs> stone and Benetti are doing a really nice job. They're keeping these games palatable. They are. Yeah. I, I'm not blowing smoke here. Uh, again, someone who's watched a lot of White Sox baseball. And, um, hey, I miss Hawk, but let's be honest. The last several years, you know, the Hawk and Stone division yeah. w- was noticeable. It, it just was icy. Well, and his best days were behind him. Too, yeah, and, and he just seemed – he wasn't the Hawk that I remembered. Um, and – those 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 losses, those tough games were even tougher because you had an icy telecast. Yeah. You know, and I can't imagine how difficult the job is uh, for for two broadcasters in, in TV in the TV booth or the radio booth. When like take a, take out some of these Sox games are going, the Sox are down eight nothing in like right. the fourth, right. and they've got to fill. That's when you start you know? talking about murder. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, to, to your point, and to, and to Farmer's point, he doesn't know what else to do. So he goes straight to that. I mean, you know, Benetti and, and Stone have the advantage of, of the camera crew. I think they work really well with the camera crew, and the camera crew picks out different fans and, and what they're eating at the ballpark or a jersey they're we- wearing, and, and, they, uh, and they can comment yeah, on it, right. and they start having in-game surveys you know what's your go-to uh, item at the ballpark you know um that just made me think of that seinfeld episode where george, george, is, <laughs> george, george is, is eating the ice cream he's whooping down the, the sunday i think it's wimbledon or something yeah, he's or, just, or yeah. struggling yeah struggling so and, uh, yeah i i was i was driving up to wisconsin this past uh well, it was a couple weekends ago and i happened to hear 
the Milwaukee broadcast mm-hmm. on the radio, and yep. Euchre is doing a one-man booth. Is that which right? I, I didn't realize. And, huh. and that, I thought, was pretty interesting. And he's another guy like Hawk that once he's gone, you know, you're losing this oh, one-of-a-kind sure. mm-hmm. icon yeah. of baseball yeah. and just icon of pop culture, too, when you think yeah. about his acting career. and Sure, sort of, Mr. Belvedere. You know, Mr. Belvedere. And then yeah, he was League. in Major League. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, Iconic you know, role. you've just got this. And he, didn't he do some some beer commercials for a while in the, in yeah. the 80s or yeah. 90s? But here he was doing a one-man booth with sort of um, – Kind of like how the Cubs had Andy Mazer for a while, and they've they've had a couple other guys like Zach Zaidman, mm-hmm. where you know they they're they're almost like a producer that kind of mm-hmm. chimes in during the game. So sure. that's how that's how Euchre gotcha. was. You yeah. know, he was yeah. calling the game, and then this other yeah. guy, and I, I I don't know who it was, would maybe drop in with a stat mm-hmm. or or partake in the conversation for a second, but it wasn't it wasn't a two man booth. Yeah. So I just I've, I've that is very. I think Vin Scully was doing yeah, a, a, yeah. a one-man booth for yeah. all of his difficult, career. You just don't difficult. hear that no. much anymore. That's it's not very difficult. It's hard to, to do. do. It, yeah, it really is. And uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, one of the highlights of last season was when Euchre joined Hawk in the booth on a I Sunday. I remember it was, that it was game. Brewers yeah. Sox. It was a home Sox game, so Hawk was in the booth, and Euchre came in and. Um, you could just see, you know, they panned to the to the shot of of both of them in the booth, and you could see, you know, Hawk just light up. And I think Hawk loved to be around uh, folks that he thought were worthy of his his air. Sure, or and, players and, from yeah, or players I, I or just people don't from think, his his era. I don't think Hawk ever thought Stone was worthy of his booth. If That's that makes so sense, strange. and it when really you think is about because Stone as a Stone broadcaster and a player as a player, and then. This guy sat in the booth with Harry for how many years? Yeah. I mean, he's seen just about everything. And and I don't think it's a stretch to say some of the things that I've learned about baseball have been from listening to him oh, whether so it, smart. whether it's on a game he's or so he smart. used to be he used to be a regular on the score mm-hmm. as a, as as a contributor and yeah. then I think for a while I, I think maybe he still is doing some hits mm-hmm. on on some of the 720 yeah. shows but you know the guy is brilliant. He know? really is. He, he's he, uh, brilliant. You know there was a lot of chatter about him being a GM years ago. Yeah. Um, and uh, who knows? I mean, I, I I don't know if he's going to take that gig right now, but uh, and, so and, smart. And and now too, he spent enough time with the Sox that now you've got this guy who's got this um, historical perspective mm-hmm. on both franchises right. w- within the city, and right. he called some of the strangest and and most difficult cubs um mm-hmm. uh, uh, teams as well yeah, you know yeah. where guys are calling I, I can't remember if it was like the 0203 teams but where they were calling up to them in 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 the booth and oh yeah and complaining about about the way they were calling he the was too critical and, he was yeah. too critical on the players and uh i i he, he he's a straight shooter um you know he doesn't come off as a homer at all no one will be a homer like like hawk um, you know, but the beauty of Benetti and Stone is that Benetti knows what he has in Stone. Yeah, yeah. Benetti knows that. Uh, hey, I've got a wealth of information. I've got a veteran, not only a player but a a veteran broadcaster, and I know how to set this gentleman up. Just put it on a tee and let right. him swing away. Right. And they play along very well together. And 
Benetti's got some, you know, idiosyncrasies that, you know, are, you know, fun to listen to. And he, he kind of gets Stone in a weird place, too, because Stone kind of laughs along. Yeah, he takes him to a different place. Sure. And you never, you never, it's never sounded like Stone was having a fun time with Hawk. Right. So, right. especially in some of these tough, tough games to watch, you're like, you, you get some baseball knowledge, you know, because Benetti's all into, you know, fan graphs and mm-hmm. stats, and he'll mm-hmm. give you all that. And, and Stone will give you, a lot of the the game within a game within a game of what's happening with a pitcher, yeah, and and he really knows his stuff, and and I, boy, I've enjoyed that partnership on a full time basis. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's a it's it makes for a good listen or a good watch during what what can be some pretty challenging games, right? Yeah, and and that's a that's that's the struggle. It's like how do you retain uh, the viewership, the listenership? It's tough. Yeah. You know, I don't know what the Bulls do number wise, but, you know, Stacey King's fun to listen to or, you know, and fun to watch yeah. uh, with funk. And how do you keep things entertaining when you're when your club is just awful? Yeah, I, I, I think that is in in baseball presents a particularly interesting challenge in that the game itself, even in a bad basketball game, for example, the, the the pace of play is still pretty exciting right and so you're you're there's a lot of movement there's a mm-hmm. lot to call there's there's still a regular rhythm yeah in in there's a there's a regular rhythm to baseball but it's so much slower it is so to get into like uh like the the game recently where well take take your pick where they're down six nothing mm-hmm. eight nothing mm-hmm. or whatever by the time you get to the sixth inning and you're sitting there and the other team's pitcher is beating your brains in and mm-hmm. you can't get a hit and yeah. you're going one, two, three up and then you're getting pounded There's out. Not in a the lot field. of drama. What is yeah. there to, what is there to yeah. talk about? Yeah. You know, and how, and how do you keep somebody invested in that when you know, it's, we got another hour of this. Well, in, in this day and age, right. Uh, yeah. in this day and age when, uh, you know, it's very, it's very easy just to go to Twitter, go to social media and, uh, you know, I'll just get I'll, I'll catch the highlights uh, or the lowlights later. Um, for me, you know, I'm going to stick with the game. Um, I, 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 I need something out of it, though. And, yeah. I, and I'm getting it from Stone and uh, and Benetti. Um, you know, and, and like I had mentioned, they, they feature um, Sox Park part of their broadcast the Chuck Garfine does home games and he'll be all throughout the stadium and he'll he'll interview you know fans or he'll go to different sections and uh, one of the new sections is obviously Goose Island yeah, I've seen uh, the giant goose head a couple yeah. of times on different broadcasts N- nobody's sitting in it <laughs> I, I'm telling you I I'm I, it was not very populated at the home opener Okay. Um, I, I, maybe until the fifth or sixth, people were trickling in. Yeah. I, I think it's about a hundred dollars a seat. Um, you know, they're paying, Hey, there hasn't been very large crowds, but they're panning to that goose Island area. If you're going to sit through a bad game, you might as well sit in the goose Island section. So the, so the home opener you were at was one of the the better attended games thus far, right? There yeah, was, it was uh, upwards of like 30,000. It was a little 30, over 30,000, yeah. yeah. And, and you're saying that section was, was... There wasn't, I mean, there wasn't a lot... Sit, there, they weren't sitting in their seats. How I big mean, of a section is it again? About how many, oh how many seats? Uh, I, to ballpark it, you know, you might be looking at like a, like a 12 by 12. 
you know. So is there like 100 seats in yeah, there I'd or say, 50 or yeah, something? Yeah, 100, 150. And, and these are the, like, theater recliner yeah they're padded i think you get a wait uh you get a waiter waitress uh, off of the crave uh the craft cave menu okay there's some tvs in front of you and you don't buy your way in once you're in the park you buy that as a as a ticket ahead of time i think it's ahead of time yeah yeah i just haven't seen a lot of people in the goose island area i want to sit there eventually but Hey, I got to give the Sox credit. And we, we've said this episodes ago when we were talking about the the new features of Sox Park and the things that they were going to add. Uh, hey, amenity wise, it's fun. They've got that that, that pseudo uh, that faux uh, red, uh, red line uh, train car out there serving as the bar. You know the the fiberglass goose. You know the waterfall stuff. I I just don't see people aren't like jamming it. Well, yet. I I I do like the idea that it's a local beer partnership too, that it's not like the, you know, whatever light, um, you know, mm-hmm. so-and-so, uh, uh, part of the park. So I, I like that it's local. I wonder if this is going to be more of a summertime thing that, yeah. that once it starts to get nice, that you'll see more people pop in there yeah. and maybe they'll run a couple of, you know, specials to, to attract people into that area. But there, and there really hasn't been a lot of night games. And, and no, there and this has been yeah. a strange, strange season. A lot of day games, and and folks, you know this. You're listening to the, the to a Sox podcast right now. You're a diehard Sox fan. You know that the Sox don't do very well uh, day games during the week. Yeah, especially when when school's still in session for the kids, they just don't. Right. You're putting a day game on a Tuesday in April or May. Sorry. Yeah, you're just not going to get. You're just not going to get the attendance. Yeah, and, and definitely when you're struggling too, that's oh, not going to bring anybody. Uh, yeah, not going to. It's not like it. you're skipping work to go see, you know, a uh, right. you know fourth place team right. uh, in April or May. Right. Um, so speaking of uh, you know hundred dollars seats and the money, um, we were we were talking about an article um, before we we recorded this on uh, Forbes releasing information that every major league baseball club for the first time uh, ever is now worth one billion uh with a b uh, that's dollars. amazing that and is amazing the socks with their operating costs which are around 30 million are coming in at the top one of the top six teams in terms of being a lucrative ball club i mean it, it, this information couldn't have come during like a worse Right. season after the off season that the Sox had right right you know you're telling me that that 30 to 50 million that you were you know hemming and hawing over machado yeah now now we're, we're saying Sox are worth a billion dollars right, right. yeah and only trending north i mean yeah. all these sports clubs are that's unbelievable and the the economics with pro sports are almost they they've almost gotten to the point where you can't even process the numbers mm-hmm. anymore. We'll, yeah. we'll get to a point where, I mean, just even, even like looking at the, what trout got and what, what Machado ended up getting and, and Harper ended up getting the, I, I thought, you know, 10, 10 years ago, the, the a rod numbers were, mm-hmm. were, were mind boggling. Yeah. And now you're just getting to the point where, you know, you talk about what the Dodgers have done with their with their TV deal and what the Cubs are going to do with their with their network and mm-hmm. just all of these teams. Like you said, every one of them, yeah. even the ones that have nobody going to games yeah. and are consistently in the cellar, they're 
they're they're all worth over a a billion dollars. That's yeah. unbelievable. I mean, it's just it makes you nauseous. And you know, hindsight, you think about like, well, for these day games, these these middle of the week day games in April and May, why not just charge fans five bucks? Charge them five bucks slash parking in half. You know, show the fans. Look, I get it. All right, this is a tough club to come out to. I got to make some money here. This is a business, but. All seats, lower or upper, are five bucks. Lower, yeah. ten. I mean, you're still only going to draw maybe fifteen thousand. Right. That's the right. reality. Right. I don't know. Maybe they just figure we already sold some of these in season tickets. I mean, who I knows? Mean, moving forward, I mean, like next you know, season. Clearly, they know what they're doing because every every one of those teams is worth over a billion dollars. But I, I I think your point is is well taken in terms of this is really bad timing. It underscores the that the White Sox continue to try to operate on mm, this plane yeah. of reality that isn't true in that like they, they want to be viewed as if they're, they're, the, they're yeah. the Royals or, yeah. or, or ah, we're operating in Cleveland's market. No, you're not. Mm-hmm. You're in Chicago. You're mm-hmm. a major market team. Yeah. You may not be major market in the way the Red Sox or the Yankees or the Dodgers are, but you're still a major market team. Mm-hmm. You're in a, you're in a huge city for 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 baseball, and I'm sorry you 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 cheaped out at the worst possible time, yeah. and now every free agent is signing contracts at home and taking the taking the extensions, mm-hmm. and yeah. there isn't going to be anybody to spend that money on next no. year. I mean it, it's uh, it's alarming, it really is, and the, um, <clears throat> who the Sox are going to go after in the future is definitely for for future podcasts. Um, you know, is it going to be a trade? Are they going to have to give up some prospects to get players? Because, you know, the, the premier players are all the trend is to sign an extension. Um, yeah. I got, uh, I got one more, you know, very important point that I okay. think will thread, uh, throughout further, uh, future podcasts. Right. Um, and this was a situation that is probably not going to be resolved at the end of this episode here, but, uh, <sighs> I want you to weigh in on this, all right? Because you're 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 a Sox fan, you're also a Cubs fan, all right. Just we're gonna let people know, yeah. You know, I'm I myself am, am diehard through and through White Sox, and and Jeff is, uh, and, and that's why I think this is a good matchup because I like Jeff's perspective on both. And uh, this is what I saw at the home opener, though, and I've seen this several times. And I'm wondering if you see this going to going to Wrigley, but home opener. I move from my seats. I go down to the uh, left field bleachers where the sun's at, you know, just to yeah. get some sun because yeah. there was a noticeable difference. And uh, packed, packed left field bleach as as most of the outfield was packed. Uh, lots of excitement, um, and we've got a knucklehead sitting maybe five rows in front of me. Um, and uh, he's got the uh, the plastic cups. You know, like the Russian dolls. Right. He's got like eight. He's got eight plastic cups. He's showing been everybody. Served. Showing everybody. Hey, man, I've got I've got eight drinks. Uh, check this out. Um, and he's got a Cubs World Series hat on. Okay. And he's getting he's he's getting some stuff you know verbally thrown to him as he should. Yeah. And yeah. he is being um, he's feisty. He's not happy. He's giving it back. We've got friends you know trying to separate 
Yeah. Folks are coming down rows to yell at this guy. Security comes down. He's standing up and just egging uh, Sox fans on. What? Hey, you want to have a good time at a game? Trust me. Yeah. I've had my fair share of good times and that's, I've forgotten more good times and some folks have had good times. Yeah. But I don't understand the wearing Cubs paraphernalia, the Jersey, the hat, the sweatshirt to a Sox game. Now, if you're a Cubs and Sox fan, then why aren't you wearing your Sox gear to the game? Yeah. You know, I, I agree. I, I've never been, so I don't understand. Listen, it, it's one thing if if you want to have some good-natured ribbing with, with somebody and, you know, push buttons a little bit. To me, that would make more sense if it was a Cubs versus Sox oh, well, game, hello. right? Yeah, you that's know? the time. To- um, I, I, I'll, but this happens at all sports. Like, you'll, you'll go to a Blackhawks game and they're playing – the Dallas stars and some guys walking around in an Ovechkin Jersey or something, you know, it's like, did you just want to wear a Jersey to the game? Yeah, like, why are you, or, or you're wearing is, a blues Jersey this, or something? This is a hot, you know, I, I this, mean, this is a, uh, a hot topic though. It really is like, no, you know what I'm saying? But, I, but I'm sure at Wrigley, there's a guy wearing a socks hat and, I don't see, and, and it's like, why are you at, to me, it's like, why are you at the game if you just came to be... Look, um, that's what I, I if, would say if you, that. If you, if you just came to be an, an antagonist, it, it, you know? I've been to a few I've been to a few games at Wrigley when it wasn't Sox, Cubs. A good friend of mine has Cubs season tickets. He's like, hey, you just want to go to a game? It's like, you know, Cubs, I don't know, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll sure. I'll, I'll, we'll go to a baseball game. Sure. And uh, he's nice enough to, you know, you know Fine, we'll go to a summer game. I'm not wearing socks gear. I'll but tell you that right now. I'll be honest with you. If if it was Cubs Brewers and you decided to go to the game and we were going to the game and and you were wearing a socks hat, I wouldn't think anything of it. Why? I mean, you're a socks fan. You're you're a baseball but, fan. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you're being an a hole like it sounds like this guy was, who overserved trying to start problems, yeah. Then then to me, it doesn't matter what hat you got on. But you, you're a Jeff, you know you're a problem. I, but to, are you an a hole from the beginning? Once you walk in, you're you're well, a whore, you're an a hole billboard because but, you're trying you're trying to start. Trouble. But that's probably less to do with the hat and more to do with the person wearing the hat. Yeah, I, look, I I I've seen it quite a bit, and I don't know if it's someone that's a Cubs fan who gets thrown a Sox ticket and they're like, "Hey, you want to go to the game? I know you're a Cubs fan, but you want to come yeah, to the game." Yeah. Um. And and they're just head to toe in Cubs gear, and I just I I, I don't know. Uh. Hey. Yes, it's baseball, it's America, but it is a little strange. I don't see a lot of socks paraphernalia when I go to Wrigley. Now, my sample size is yeah, small. Yeah, sure, sure. You know, I got to ask some of my buddies who who go to more Cubs games, and, I, and you, you've probably gone. I to feel more like than I've I... seen it, but but I I understand what you're saying. It does seem like the kind of move where you're just trying to you're trying to get something going, yeah, you know, it, and that's a, that's an easy way to do it by coming in, wearing the other side of town's gear to, to the boy, game when it's not relevant to the game. Yeah. You're watching. It's something that, again, we're not going to wrap this, this whole thing up, uh, in this episode, but it's something I want to, you know, continue to talk yeah. about, uh, just boy, that relationship, that Cubs Sox, two teams, one city, you know, are you a Sox fan? On the north side, are you a Cubs fan on the south side? You know, 
how does that play out? We want to definitely talk about things going in, in you know, throughout the summer. Uh, you know, where do you catch your games if you're in enemy territory? How does right. that look? Um, yeah. You know, where do you buy your merchandise if you're not buying it online? Like, how, how do you how are you going to find it? especially going into the south suburbs, north suburbs area. There's a lot to talk about on this topic, but this specifically, this guy was looking for trouble. He was getting trouble. And then he was pissed that he was getting the yells and and almost the aggression towards him. And it's like, buddy, what do you expect? It's the home opener, and you walk in with that, and you're like fists up. Well, to Uh, me, uh, and again, this is just my opinion, and... As you said, I'm kind of agnostic where I I will root for both teams. I enjoy both teams. I don't understand just the general vibe of, and again, this may just be me, but to me, it's like, just go enjoy your team. And like when, when you go to a a Cubs game, you walk through and there's, you'll see outside in the, in the t-shirt vending Mm -hmm. areas, t-shirts that are, crapping on the white Sox, you know, and then yep. you go to, you go to the, um, you go to us cellular, not us. So I just called socks. Yeah. Park, you go yeah. socks park yeah. at a guaranteed rate. Yeah. And you see t-shirts that just crap on the cubs for, yep. for no reason. And to me, it's like, that's, that's endemic of this whole issue, which is why can't it just be you're rooting for your team. I'm rooting for my team and Hey, I'm hoping my team wins, but I don't necessarily have to hope that your team loses to be, satisfied with with my team standing and i know you don't agree i know you don't agree but i'm just saying like that to me is mm -hmm. sort of i don't that i don't understand that i get that more in like a a different cities rivalry Mm -hmm. i don't understand it within the same city well again i I I know it's long rooted in in lots of tradition in in history well, especially in the city of Chicago, that's one of the most segregated, the most diverse, the most broken up uh, city. Uh, there are boundaries that the media, the newspapers, um, the culture feeds in. You know, they're dividing lines. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when you have teams that are specifically nicknamed the Southsiders or the Northsiders, right. I mean, you're you're feeding into that. You know, when you hype that up on your, um, you know, on your broadcast or you make shirts, um, you know, through Major League Baseball that that advertise that you're feeding into the divisions. They're there. They're born and they they keep getting fueled uh, when those labels come out. uh, And and if that's how you identify yourself, which that's how the city's been broken up it's never going to end. And, yeah. and, and, and we've got, I, I, I like that uh, topic. And I think that could be a whole thing that we get into, you know, as we roll more of these babies out uh, throughout the summer. Sounds good to me. Let's right. do it. Uh, folks. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we are good guys. Talk back your Chicago white Sox podcast. We are fan centric. We are blue collar and uh, we really hope that uh, you follow us on Twitter at GoodGuysTB or like that Facebook page of ours. Uh, find us at Good Guys Talk Back. Find the podcast just about anywhere. Subscribe, rate it, all good stuff. Uh, until next time, he's Jeff Julian. I'm Nick Morowski. Go Sox.